Good morning, everyone. Uh, everyone's, uh, uh, the prophet uh, Baruch um, was speaking to the people of his time, which were in great turmoil. And he says, Jerusalem, um, forget your sufferings and put them in the past, for God is going to work miracles uh, as he has done in past times and will be for current times. And uh, he will bring your children who have been enslaved back to you. And as we heard from St. Paul speaking to the Philippian community, he encourages the fellow Christians of his time to prepare for that second coming. He doesn't say second coming. He says, in that time of the Lord, that's what he's talking about. And he says, and eventually he would tell them, I don't know exactly when that will be, but uh, be prepared. And he said, you can do this by living lives that are pure and blameless. And certainly we can look to John the Baptist to see what that is like. Um, not so much living in the desert or eating, uh, well, roaches, <laughs> for the most part, and honey, uh, but by his way of life, by righteousness and, and uh, forgiveness and preaching and testifying about God. And um, we see uh, the reading from Luke, John the Baptist urges the people then to prepare a way for the Lord through repentance and conversion. Conversion in the in Jesus' time in the Hebrew, and that it means a change of heart, metanoia, change your mind and heart, change your life. And you change that by the way you think and act. Um, and said, walk in righteousness. And uh, my friends, the prophet Baruch delivers this comforting message to Zion. And her sorrows are to be ended, and the children will be restored uh, to the nation. And God will create a highway uh, that will make their return easy. And he'll bring about a wonderful restoration, not only of the nation itself, but of the people themselves. And uh, he's telling them this because uh, the people of his time, they felt because of all the hardships that had fallen upon them, that God had forgotten about them. For whatever the reason may be, he seems to have forgotten them. And uh, uh, in history, when we look back in the history books, uh, the actual return... Uh, happened, uh, but not exactly the way the prophet had foretold it. And, uh, but uh, the one thing is for certain from the prophet, it pointed the way to this messianic era uh, that John the Baptist would proclaim that we heard about in the gospel. And my friends, uh, uh, this past week and this weekend, uh, there are many things that caused me to move into reflection about uh, how the people of Baruch's time might have felt. Remember, they felt that God had abandoned them or forgotten about them. And uh, no one likes to be forgotten about. And, uh, uh, but this is how God's people felt in the time of the prophet Baruch, uh, that which was the second century B.C. And uh, some of the things that happened to them, the kingdom had fallen, the holy city Jerusalem had been destroyed, the temple was reduced to rubble, and some of their people were made slaves. And um, so they had asked themselves, where is God? Where is our God in all of this? And uh, uh, what has happened to his promises that he made to us? And uh, they truly felt that God had forgotten about them. And uh, the prophet Baruch assured them that God had not forgotten them and that uh, he told them that their sorrows would soon come to an end. And it did in their time. And uh, uh, 
He said, God will bring your children home again to you. And um, he will facilitate this return. And there would be this restoration. And in fact, there was. And uh, so people took to heart the words of the prophet uh, of their time. The, the exiles did come home. And as I said, uh, not exactly in the prophet spoken away, and he was trying to interpret what was being told to him. Uh, but uh, God's promises would not come to complete fulfillment until the time of Jesus. This is what they meant. This is what uh, God meant for us. Uh, his promise of complete restoration and salvation is in Jesus Christ. And um, we have to wait. It's God's time and his ways. And sometimes we don't understand always. And, uh, uh, but he did fulfill the promise. And uh, but my friends, uh, reflecting on how the people of Baruch's time felt, uh, I know that you and I um, have probably experienced what it feels like to be forgotten about. And um, even if it only happens once in a while, <laughs> um, it may be that we're not invited uh, to an event and we get upset because they've forgotten us or um, we've done some work and we didn't get recognized for that work. Or, um, but uh, most of the time it usually is what I hear is birthdays. Father, they didn't even remember my birthday. And uh, um, June 26, by the way. <laughs> Shameless, aren't I? <laughs> but in the practicality, I know, sorry. June 26. <laughs> but you see how they forget and it hurts the person. And uh, these examples that I put forth to you will seem light for sure. And there are times of omittance, what we call uh, I was omitted or passed over. Um, and they can be painful. Uh, because it means that the person feels they've been ignored or treated as if they did not have any significance. And uh, this past weekend, we, the community came together of our parish and they did events around the parish they had. They worked outdoors and uh, there were folks all over the parish, at the school, and even at Father's house. And they were doing work. And uh, I know the gentleman, I want to acknowledge all the parishioners who came together and worked on making the property beautiful, and I thank you for that. And uh, to the men who were at the house, um, they know, I know they know, but I was inside the house, <laughs> peeking out through the window. Ah, oh, God bless you, but I'm not coming outside. <laughs> but um, they were working, and uh, I had the windows cracked so I could hear them, and uh, they were in community. They were together and laughing and joking, uh, and, uh, and it was pouring rain. Uh, on them. And so I want you to know that I have not forgotten your kindness to the parish and the school and to the rectory. And um, my friends, there is another type of forgetting that cuts deeper to the human heart uh, when people forget about us. And this is a very painful thing. Um, again, looking at uh, the theme of Baruch and how the people felt that God had forgotten about them. Um, when this type of forgetfulness happens, um, it can make the person feel like they do not matter anymore and that nobody cares about them. And uh, that is regrettable. And uh, 
in this, it goes just, it moves away from feeling forgotten, but feeling abandoned. Some of our parishioners, but those Roman Catholics not in this parish have contacted not only me as a priest, but other priests, um, expressing feelings of abandonment. They feel that the church has abandoned them um, and, uh, because of uh, certain restrictions or because of COVID uh, mass. And, and, um, and while uh, sometimes I do not understand the political positionings, uh, what I do understand is that feeling of abandonment and it hurts, and, and I don't want any of our people to feel that way. And uh, Mother Church has not abandoned anyone. Um, but um, getting back, uh, moving away from that, uh, in a very practical way for you and I, for you, there, um, people feel abandoned, and uh, we must do what we can to relieve that of them because it's very, very hurtful. And... Uh, but even so, even more so, uh, when people feel victimized by false promises. Uh, for you and I, in a very practical way, uh, that would present itself like this. I'll be in touch soon. Or, um, I'll write ya. Uh, or even more of current times, I'll DM you for the kids. I'll DM, direct message ya. I'll text you. And, and so on, uh, but it doesn't happen. And uh, feelings are hurt uh, to the heart in that. Um, it's painful. And perhaps when something bad happens to you or I, uh, oftentimes what I hear as a priest is, why has God forgotten about me? Why does God not care about me anymore? Why does he not love me? Why have these things happened to me? And uh, in our time and with our world and current events as they are, uh, you could be feeling this same way. So I am not the prophet Baruch, but I am your pastor. So I tell you, take heart. God has not forgotten about you. God loves you. You matter. You matter to him. Evan is a wonderful time for for us to remember the promises God made to his faithful ones. And, uh, and he shows us that he has fulfilled his promise in Jesus Christ. That has been the promise all along, that the Savior would come, and he did. And he offered us salvation, and he does. And that it is Jesus is the personification, the incarnation of God, of love. The great sign that that God loves us is, in fact, that he sent his son to us, not to judge us and not to condemn us, but that we might have salvation. John the Baptist was the one who announced this good news of his coming, and the church must do the same always, but especially in times of hardship, to remind us. What Baruch did was simply reminded the people. He didn't tell them something new. He just reminded them about God. So I remind you as your priest, Christ is coming back. We are to be filled with hope and joy at all times. God has not forgotten you. He remembers you always. And he loves you. Hmm? You matter to him. Because you 
are His children. Always. All will be made right in time, as Paul says it, in the time of the Lord. Well, Father, when is that? But we walk in it as light for the world. We walk in it as salt to the world. We walk in it with joy in our hearts. Even though we may forget God, God does not forget us. It is wonderful to be remembered, even in just small ways. It is a sign that somebody cares about us. So, knowing that we like to be remembered, as Christians, you must remember others then. It is our duty, especially uh, we must remember those who have been kind to us and have been good to us throughout the years and have sacrificed much for us. Children, your parents sacrifice a lot for you. Don't be ungrateful. Okay? Especially around Christmas. <laughs> Don't be that way. But Christmas is a wonderful time to remember people. In truth, it does not need to be in an expensive or dramatic way. Just a loving gesture through a simple card, a text, the phone call. That's what I hear in Father. I'm not talking about the little ones. I'm talking about you older ones. <laughs> call mom and dad. Just a few words from the heart is all that is needed. My friends, um, this week and next weekend we are going to hear about John the Baptist. He is the cousin of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said of him, no human greater has been born of a woman than he. And he's referring to his cousin, John the Baptizer. If you look up, clarification, that is not an image of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is there. <laughs> That is his cousin, John the Baptist, uh, uh, the image of John the Baptist. And uh, my friends, um, quite an honor for John the Baptizer. And he becomes a role model for us. And when we hear those words of Zechariah, and we'll hear it next week, you, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you'll go before the Lord to prepare his way. These words should be heard by every baptized Christian, every disciple of Jesus Christ. Talking about Christian. You are baptized and you become a Christian. That is a name and title. We fulfill our Christian identity when we direct our lives to Christ and help others to know Christ also. To be a prophet of the Most High means that our words and actions proclaim our faith in Christ Jesus. Our way of living, Paul would say, Jesus would say, St. Paul would say, all the evangelists, all the apostles, all the disciples. Our way of living is such that Christ's truth and his life and his way must be evident. And they must guide our decisions and our actions and all things. We have his values, we follow his teachings, and we embrace his dedication and fidelity to his Father. That is the expectation of Christians. So these readings for today and next week Sunday afford us the grace to learn and to imitate the holiness of John the baptizer. And like I said, we don't imitate him by wearing sackcloth and eating locusts. Locusts, not roaches. <laughs> locusts. 
the same kind of creature though, right? Uh, and eating honey. But by living in such a way that becomes obvious to all of us that we are disciples of Jesus Christ and to the world around us that we are his disciples. Jesus, the Son of God. And by our good example, we too point the way to Jesus Christ and to give glory to our Heavenly Father. My friends, Micah, one of the prophets of the Old Testament, uh, kept it very simple. He said, you have been told, mortals, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, only to do justice, to love that which is good, and to walk humbly with God. It comes from Micah 6, 8. So my friends, um, let us do that in this time of Advent, and let us remember You've heard that before, haven't you? The woulda, shoulda, could be, I shoulda, I coulda, I woulda. Don't let that be. My friends, um, even though uh, sometimes you may not know about it, um, uh, in the past three and a half weeks, we've had uh, at least 10 passings in our communities. Some of the family members are right here in front of me. That's a lot. That's a lot. And we're resurrection people, but it's a lot. And... Uh, it takes its toll on the ministers and the servers. Uh, we mourn with the family. We may not un, it may not be a passing personal to us, but when we see their hearts broken and mourn, ours do too. And you need to know, priests are human, so I mourn also, not only for my own family and friends, but for them who have been given care to me as father and pastor to them. So it's a lot. It's a lot. And we offer our prayers always, and uh, my heart goes out to them. And I bring this up um, because sometimes the general community doesn't know about it. Uh, but, um, but it's been a lot, so we pray. And uh, my friends, in this, uh, yesterday my sister contacted me. And uh, yesterday was a rough day because she called to say family friends have died. Um, and... Um, the what it should could be came full force at me. The, there were family friends of ours, and my sister reminded me about everything that I, uh, about this family, uh, that um, the father had died a year and a half ago. Mom died, the mother died in July, and the son took his life last week. And I should have reached out, right? That's what I mean, the woulda, shoulda, could be's. And uh, luckily for my sisters, she was there for them. And I never knew that they considered us to be cousins. They were family friends. And my sister reminded me that I babysat him uh, as a newborn. And it's crazy. I was 10 years old. <laughs> I mean, what 10-year-old takes care of a newborn? But... Um, the father was in the military and couldn't come home, and the mother had complications, and we lived next door, and we were close to them. So my mom would care for the boy while I was in school, and I'd come home, and then I would stay all night in the house and take care of him, diapers and all that stuff. And uh, Father does not babysit anymore because pre... <laughs> no, 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 no priests are... No, no, no. Priests don't babysit children. Um, but um, all that flood was a floodgate of remembrance. I had forgotten about all that, and it hit me so hard. Uh, but I worry about 
the one remaining boy now. There's one left. That's a lot. It's a lot for one person to have to go through. Mom, dad, brother. And so I pray for him. And uh, um, so my message to you is uh, tomorrow is not promised in this world. Eternity life, eternal life is, but tomorrow is not. So do not wait. Tell those that you love that you love them. Call, text, say your hellos, say your goodbyes in peace. Ask for forgiveness, extend forgiveness to those while you have the opportunity. Do not let that time pass because you do not know uh, when it will be the last time that you will see or speak to them. And uh, believe me, what you don't want is the woulda, shoulda, could be's coming around because they are devastating. And if you know somebody, um, suicide is very difficult because often the times you uh, just don't know. But if you notice someone who just seems a little bit different late, we're here for them. So know that God loves you. Know that I love you. God never forgets you. Father Mark forgets things because he's getting older. June 26th, don't forget. <laughs> My friends, we have the Magnificat book. It came in late, but it's for the whole Advent season. We have them at the exits or entrances for you to take. Take one for yourselves and others. There are readings and reflections during the Advent season to get us through prayers. Um, we, uh, as you heard uh, the, um, the poinsettias, uh, we decorate um, the church with live plants, the poinsettias. And uh, uh, last year, although I thought we would have very little because of COVID and the restrictions, um, we had the most we've ever had. Over 450 poinsettias were in this church, and uh, we had so many. Remember last year we had to do the separation of pews, so every other pew was empty. So we put the poinsettias in the pews that were empty, which is a big no-no always. But remember the the poinsettias are given on behalf of somebody, so they actually represented somebody. So when we looked in the empty pew, we didn't see emptiness. We saw a plant that represented someone who was not here because of COVID. So uh, this year, um, in order for me to decorate, I need your participation. So any poinsettia, any color, any size. But here's the one thing. I don't take care of them. The ladies do. <laughs> so if they've asked, please, please, please don't bring them to the 15th because they have to care for them during that time. So between the 15th and the 21st, you could bring the poinsettias into the parish, to the parish office. Uh, remember to include the name, a tag with the name of your loved ones, yourself, your friends, living or deceased, and I will gather them together and offer the masses. The greatest prayer a priest can offer is the mass. So that's the greatest tool, if you will, I have for those who are entrusted to me, all of you. So if you'll remember to do that. We have, uh, on the way out, if you haven't got your uh, Advent Christmas wreath, our school uh, families are out there, and they'll, they have uh, wreaths available for you. Uh, the bag, the Advent bag is on your way out uh, to your left, and just grab one. Anyone can have one of those. And uh, um, my friends, let us uh, uh, make this a time of prayer. And, uh, and while we remember the great and mighty deeds of God the Father, uh, and Jesus Christ is our incarnation. Let us also remember family and friends. Reach out to them. Let them know that they are loved and cared about. Amen? My friends, Wednesday 
is the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In the United States of America, it is a holy day of obligation. That means Roman Catholics must go and give glory to God for all that was done through the Blessed Virgin Mary. We'll have Mass at 9 a.m. Our school children will be with us, so if you're a little bit uneasy <laughs> with that many folks coming, then we have Mass at 7 p.m. also, so 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. And uh, on December 8th, the Archbishop of Seattle, uh, Western Washington's church, has uh, rescinded. You have to come to Mass. Yeah, your dispensation. <laughs> dispensation. Um, so that means all Roman Catholics in the Archdiocese of Seattle must return to Mass in person. Unless you're very sick or you're caring for someone who's very sick, then you may stay at home and watch it on TV. But otherwise, you must return, but you're already here, right? Um, so reach out to those Roman Catholics who maybe don't know and let them know it's time to come home personally, into the pew themselves. Amen?